Our scripture lesson this morning is from the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Galatians, the first chapter, verses 6 through 24. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace to Christ and are turning to a different gospel, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when you, who had set me apart before I was born, and who had called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, and what I am writing to you before God I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in persons to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. This is the word of the Lord. As we now dig into this word from the Lord in Galatians, um, uh, we're going to begin by uh, going to an old church bus. And uh, let me tell you about the bus in our parking lot. It, is, uh, uh, it was purchased and, and acquired because we needed more seats. It was also purchased and acquired uh, because we were tired of, although the uh, previous bus that we had, we got uh, when it was new, uh, its air conditioning kept going out on us eight times. It kept going out. And every time that air conditioner would go out, because of the way that the uh, system was designed, it would often... Uh, cause us problems to be able to keep going down the road. Uh, Not only would we be hot, but we couldn't drive down the road uh, with the same belt driving both. So when uh, it was in the spring that we first drove that bus you see in the parking lot today a few years ago, this new-to-us bus uh, with more seats, and on our uh, way that spring and way home from Phoenix on its inaugural trip, 
when the AC went out in that bus, uh, uh, we had all kinds of different chills and it wasn't from the air conditioning, right? But fortunately, the design of, of this us, and by the way, it was since uh, repaired and it's worked great ever since. But fortunately, the design of this uh, new bus uh, was different. You see, the, uh, the, the belt that drove the air conditioning from the engine wasn't connected to the rest of the serpentine belt to keep the engine going. So even though when we opened up the hood and saw that that air conditioning belt was uh, somewhere down the road, uh, it wouldn't stop us from going down the road. And as important as air conditioning is in the land of enchantment or uh, in the spring even in, in Phoenix, uh, it wasn't the primary function of the bus and we kept going safely. Now, today's message is not to teach you about theologically correct buses, all right? But it is to say this, that as we hear in the gospel today, sometimes we confuse that which is central and most important, the engine, with secondary things. In fact, sometimes we take those secondary things and we make them primary And when we do that, like our first bus, it breaks everything down. When we do that, it breaks everything down. Or, as we'll read in the letter of Galatians, when we make things other than the gospel, when we add or subtract, then we abandon the gospel itself. Scholars examining the Apostle Paul, or just hearing the Apostle Paul himself speak on this, will tell us that there's no middle ground. Either one proclaims the gospel of grace in Christ, or one, as we hear in this text, is accursed. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, and everyone, by the way, uh, agrees that Paul was the author of Galatians, and Everyone, uh, most everyone agrees this was uh, the earliest letter we have of Paul's. In this letter, we find out, let's not confuse however nice the air conditioning is with the central engine that drives us, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you and I, we have very innate abilities to do that. We do it all the time. We misfire and try to make ourselves uh, the justifier and the engine. And in arguably uh, the Apostle Paul's most emotional and often as we walk through this letter together, crass epistle, God is speaking to the church then, and he is speaking to us, the church now, emphatically, emphatically, that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. He first restates the promise of the gospel, albeit as quickly as he ever does in all of his letters in the first few verses of this letter. When he writes, 
these two terms, grace and peace to you. And Martin Luther will say, in those two words, we constitute, we understand Christianity. That grace involves the remission of sins. And how do we get that remission of sins? The law reveals our guilt. And the person of Jesus Christ, the man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, dies for our sins. This is what God has done. This is why He came incarnate as we celebrated at Christmas. And as Luther will go on to write, these heavy artillery words explode all of the things that we put in place of the Gospel. Our works, our superstitions, our merit. In just the first few verses that were read for you today in verses 6-10, through Uh, the word and the root word for gospel is there five times. In the first two chapters of Galatians, it's there 13 times. He wants us not to miss the central truth of the gospel. So, he lets us know that these teachers who are trying to take them away, his beloved church in Galatia, that he helped found by preaching the gospel, are now an anathema, accursed from God. And yet, even in his passion and in his anger, and it continues as we'll continue through this letter, he calls the Galatians brothers and sisters. He uses the word for brothers and sisters. They are not yet apostate. They are not yet turned away from the gospel. But they are on a path to denying it. And he shows them that this, anything, the gospel plus or gospel minus, is not, in fact, the gospel. I like how Wade Johnson puts it. Adding anything is subtracting from enough. Adding anything is subtracting from enough. And something less than forgiveness and salvation uh, remains. Another scholar puts it more uh, crass and more poignant. To abandon the gospel is to forsake God. This is why Paul is so passionate here. And he's not coming to please Humans, if he was, he would have remained the very prestigious Jew that he had been. No, he is responding to the revelation that God has given him. Paul, as another scholar puts it, is resolute. Everything is at stake. Jesus is enough or nothing is. Salvation is a gift or no one will have it. Anything more is death in the pot. It ruins the whole thing, Wade Johnson will say, and turns the crucifix to mere decoration, an empty gesture. Enough is enough. What Jesus has done is enough. And sadly, with our innate ability to uh, willingly add or subtract in very creative ways. Notice the agitators, as some call them, those who are teaching and bringing this false teaching to the region of Galatia. They, they do it 
gradually. Well, it's not that they took away the gospel that had been received. They said, we just need to, to add this to it. We need to add back in circumcision. We do this all the time. It's not that uh, I'm leaving Christianity. It's just that, that we don't need this anymore. And we, we, we minus sometimes. Or we add, you know, have you ever heard the phrase, uh, and you can fill in the blank on this, and you can get it from every perspective of Christian, from conservative to liberal. You know, you're not really a, a true Christian unless you dot, dot, dot. Right? But friends, I'm here to tell you what the, the, the Bible teaches us today is that Jesus is enough. Are there beautiful fruits, beautiful works as a result of having received the gospel? Of course there are. And about 13 minutes in of this 15 minute read, you'll hear about them in chapter 5. But our work is not the gospel. The gospel is the work of Christ. Mathematicians will know that when you uh, add something on one side or subtract something on one side of the equation and don't do it on the other, you quickly find out that the equation is no longer true. So in, so to speak, Paul shows his work here. He shows and backs up what he's saying. He lets us know that this gospel is not something that he made up or that he learned, but something that was revealed to him that he received from Christ himself. And that this gospel that he preaches is the same gospel that the larger church is preaching. And so when he went to see Cephas, also known as Peter, and James in Jerusalem, they affirmed they're preaching the same gospel. It's When you hear this phrase, Paul's gospel or his gospel, what he's really saying, that which he received from Jesus. And the reason why we get so much, uh, maybe more than any other spot in Paul's letters, autobiographical information about Paul here, is he's trying to show us where this gospel came from. Not from him, but from Jesus and that there is no other gospel. And to abandon it is to abandon God. And so when we take away or when we add, we no longer need the forgiveness of sins. We become our own self-justifiers. We replace ourselves. And we do it in creative ways, with good things. Air conditioning is nice, but it doesn't move the bus. Serving others is a call from God, but it's not the gospel. And caring for our family is critical and essential, but it's not the gospel. Doing good work in our daily vocations and on the job and being successful there is great. But it's not the gospel. And friends, even failing in some of those daily vocations, it doesn't negate us or take away from us receiving the gospel. 
It is a gift from God. And so Paul wants to remind us, no, the power is from the incarnate Christ. The power is from Jesus Himself who gives it to us from whom we receive. But even in our hardest days, we are tempted to make ourselves self-justifiers. For example, many of us, when we are deeply disappointed with God after walking through a really hard time in life or maybe having been hurt, maybe sometimes in the hardest part of our lives, when bad things have happened, we're frustrated because we thought God didn't back up His part of the deal. We thought, I do good and then God blesses me. But that's not the gospel. Now make no mistake, God doesn't want bad things to happen. But how we know that is because the cross lets us know His ultimate heart for us. He died for our sins. He died for us. But what He does is He has come to be incarnate. God with us. God for us. Even in the midst of our suffering. And so, let's not design our lives like a car who can't run when the AC is out. Let's come to first not the great and important secondary things, but the more important, central truth of the gospel. Luther resonated strongly with the letter to the Galatians. He called it his letter. He called it, actually what he said is, my little letter to which I have entrusted myself, it is my Kate von Bora. He's making a play on words in German because in the German language, the word entrust is very similar to the word marry. And so in as much as uh, Kate von Bora is his uh, uh, covenant married wife, and so he entrusts the gospel to himself. Luther's evaluation shows why this letter remains one of the foundational documents of the Christian faith and must be, as one scholar put it, reappropriated or received in every generation. This truth that Jesus, Jesus is enough. The plus sign or the minus sign will abandon the gospel. And remember, we're creative. Whether we're uh, progressive or traditional, liberal or conservative, we do it in all kinds of ways. Take this away. Add this over here. And it ceases to be the gospel. We are not Christians because of what we do. We are Christians because of what Christ has done. Preachers are tempted to do this too, by the way. Uh, A friend of mine uh, was speaking to us, a group of pastors, 
And he challenged us. He said, you know, would it, would it matter to your worship service, to your preaching on a given weekend if uh, the Holy Spirit didn't show up? His challenge was to say that we are so dependent on how well we uh, lead the liturgy or, or the turn of phrase that we create in the sermon that it's about somehow about us instead of the gospel of what God has done. Thinking about that, Jonathan Edwards, known as one of the greatest preachers of all time, in particular of the 20th century, part of uh, many ways the great awakening and, and would change lives because of his preaching. People still are reading his sermons and, and, and gaining uh, gospel fruit from them. They were uh, often considered fiery. But when he gave those fiery, life-changing sermons that, that changed our nation and changed generations... He read them in monotone. He read his sermons and just hearing by the tone and reading, you might have been bored until the content of the gospel fired you up. No, we are not Christians because of our ability or because of what we've done, but because of the gospel, because of what Christ has done. It's the engine that moves the bus. It's the gospel that changes our lives. Good work can be holy, but it's not the, uh, it's not the gospel. Good families are essential, but they're not the gospel. Success is beautiful, but they're not the gospel. Failure doesn't mean that you can't receive the gospel. Friends, like Luther like Paul, like all those who have gone before us in Christ, let us entrust our lives to the God who died for us. Or as one scholar put it, self-donated himself for us. Take the weight off of your shoulders. It's not on you. It never was. Receive the truth of the gospel again today. And then you're not fallen. You are free because he died for us, for our sins. Jesus is enough. Amen.